0: And just to be able to come. And, you know, one of the things that I love is the fact that when we come to Jesus, not only do we get to know him, but we get joined into this great big family. Um, And so I can come here today and know that I'm here amongst family with brothers and sisters who who love the Lord. Um, You know, where we we come together and, you know, we've said the creed together, didn't we? Which is where we're making these statements of belief. And it's these statements of belief that join us together. You know, that we believe in one God, one Lord, one Savior. Um, And as as Mike said earlier on, John's asked me particularly to to focus in, as you're looking through the Apostles' Creed, on this this little statement, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Um, And that's a a belief that joins us us together as as Christians. And, you know, a... um, The, the Apostles' Creed doesn't unpack that, does it? It's a very simple little statement. And you don't get a lot from there as to, to what's really going on. Who is the Holy Spirit? And I know a couple of weeks ago, um, because it's online so you can listen, which is helpful, um, that John asked you all to, he asked you a question, and, he, and he, he said to turn to each other and to talk about Jesus and how you would answer that. And because the Apostles' Creed doesn't give us a clue, I thought it would be a great thing to do today. It, to try and say, okay, well that doesn't explain things for us. So so how would we answer the question, who is the Holy Spirit? I would say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, who, what? So why don't you just take a minute um, and turn to one of the people around you and have a chat about that. And if you've got no idea, that's absolutely fine. Just say, not a scoopy, not a problem, that's absolutely fine. So, uh, but yeah, why don't you just turn to someone around you, you've got about a minute, and just say, who is the Holy Spirit? What would you want to say in the Creed to say the Holy Spirit, I believe in the Holy Spirit, who, what? Go for it. Countdown music, so we'll just go do 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 Okay, so let's get some feedback. Um, any thoughts? What did people come up with? I believe in the Holy Spirit, who what? Anyone brave enough just to shout something out? Comforts. Comforts. Love it. Yeah. Anyone else? Power. Yeah. He brings to mind um, words of Scripture. He brings to mind words of Scripture. Yeah, fantastic. Reminds us. Yeah. Anyone else? God in us. God in us. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, great stuff. Okay, so really good answer. So here's another question for you. Um, Did you find answering that question about who the Holy Spirit is easier or harder than when you had to do the same thing for Jesus a couple of weeks ago? Harder? Harder? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Because, you know, I think one of the things that makes it really difficult for us to get a hold of who the Holy Spirit is, is because we don't have a natural framework with which to understand it. You know, when we start talking about God as Father, we've got something of a framework within which we can get a bit of an understanding of that. It might not be perfect, it might be limited, we might have to work through kind of things because of our our own experiences with our earthly fathers. and There might be all these different things, but we've got something of a framework which helps us to understand how God is Father. When we think of God as Creator then again we've got a bit of a natural framework. We can look around at creation and we see something of the beauty of creation. We see something with all of the wind and rain that we've been having over the last couple of weeks of the power of creation. And we get this idea and this glimpse of who God is and his might and his power as creator. You know, when we think about Jesus and we think about how Jesus is as saviour, we've got a bit of a framework for that as to how we can understand how, how God can come and to be, be with us, to become like us. He takes on what it is to be human in order to, to be able to rescue us from sin, in order for us to be able to be forgiven. And, and because that's to do with becoming human, we've got a little bit of a framework within which we can understand something of who Jesus is. But we don't have a framework to help us understand the Holy Spirit, do we? It's it's outside of our kind of natural experience and our natural understanding. And so what do we do? What do we mean when we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit? And some of the things that you kind of came up with, perfect, brilliant answers, and you'll see those as we, we look at a few different verses today... I thought that one of the verses which I love and I think is so helpful for us to begin to put in place this framework to understand the Holy Spirit is the way that Jesus talks about him in, in John 14. And so that you understand what's going on, before we look at, at the verses, just imagine for a moment that you are one of the 12 disciples who has lived with and walked with Jesus for the last three years. And during that time, Jesus has taught you. Jesus has, uh, has, has been there for you, you've learned to rely on him. Because, you know, when someone was sick, like Peter's mother-in-law, they just sort of brought Jesus to her and he healed her. When, when they were, were hungry and they, and they had nothing to eat, Jesus supernaturally provided them with, with food. He multiplied the food so there was enough for everybody. When Peter had an issue with his taxes... Jesus gets a coin to appear in a fish's mouth so that he can pay them. So so they've lived with Jesus and he's not only taught them, but they've learned to rely on him. And he's been the one who's who's helped them every time that he's needed them to. He's their hope and he's the one that they have learned to rely on. And then one day Jesus says, and imagine this is you, that's all been your experience. And Jesus comes along and he says, right, the day's coming really soon when I'm going to leave you. And I'm not going to be here anymore. And this is a shock to his followers. But Jesus says, it's okay because I've got a better plan than you can begin to imagine in place. In fact, you know what? It's going to be better for you that I go than if I stayed. I might be going, but I'm not going to abandon you. And then this is what Jesus says in John 14, verses 16 to 18. And this is from the Amplified Version, which is why you've got the little brackets and things in there. But I just think it really helps to unpack something of what Jesus is saying here. So he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counsellor, strengthener, standby, to be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, bereaved, and helpless. I will come back to you. Beautiful verses, aren't they? And there's so much packed into these verses As Jesus promises his followers, I will not leave you as orphans to fend for yourself, to have to try and go it alone, to figure things out. All that you've known and experienced of what it is to live life with me, to have me with you as your teacher, to have me with you as the one who who helps you, the one that you can rely on. You're going to have and you're going to experience because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who will be another just like me. The Holy Spirit will be your teacher and your guide and your comforter. He will remind you and bring back to mind the things that I've taught you. And just pause and think for a moment about how amazing this is. You know that as people, we are not designed to live life on our own. We're not designed to try and, and, and do everything in our own strength and to rely on ourselves. And when we try and do that, we find it frustrating and limiting because we, none of us are able to do everything that we want to do. All of us have these ideals that, of, of how we want to make changes in our lives and, and yet we don't manage to follow through with them. And we're not even really... Designed just to need other people to help us, and you know, community is massively important, and we need community, we're designed for community, but community alone is not enough. We're made to live life knowing God Himself with us, and that is made possible because Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. You know, the key thing I think to know about the Holy Spirit is um. It's simply what Marie said, that the Holy Spirit is God with us. God reaching out to us to meet us where we're at. In the midst of all of the joys, in the midst of all of the pains, in the midst of the questions and the doubts and the struggles and the fears. There's so, uh, I love the, the Greek word that he's used. I don't often talk about Greek, I'm not a scholar or anything like that, but But I love the word which is used here to talk about the Holy Spirit, where it uses the word paraclete, which literally just means one who comes alongside. And the reason that I love that is, it was a word that was used, it was the name of a small boat um, that would would sail out from a rocky kind of shore (laughs) from a harbour, and it would go looking for and go out to ships that were in trouble. So when, the, when a ship was, was stranded or when it, it hit rocks or when problems happened it would, or when it just didn't know the way that this little boat would go out to, to the ship that was in trouble, it would find that ship and it would attach itself to the ship and then it would take the ship and guide the ship into the safe place, into shore. And that's a beautiful picture of who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. That the Holy Spirit is God reaching out to us where we're at, in the midst of of the messiness, in the midst of the difficulties, to come alongside us, to attach himself to us, in order to guide you, and to strengthen you, and to comfort you, and to help you, and to draw you close to God. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're we're not just talking about a, a power We're not just talking about a a kind of a force or a feeling. We're talking about the very person of God. God putting his love in action in order to meet you where you're at and to draw you close to him. You know, and as the Holy Spirit works to, to draw us close to God, He not only helps us and comforts us and strengthens us and all those different things we've been talking about, but He wants to work to reveal to us more of who God is and more of how God sees us. You see, I don't know about you, one of the things that I've found is that I can learn about all sorts of different things and I can know about something and it can still seem strange to me. You know, I can have the information, and I can know about God as my Father, and I can know how He loves me, but it's possible to know about that, and that seems like this alien concept that you just know about up here, but you don't really experience in here. And so we can struggle to, to kind of accept it. It's just information. And so part of the way that the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life and in my life is to take who God is... And how God sees us and move it from being something which is just up here into something that we know and experience in here. Paul writes in, um, in Romans 8, verses 15 to 16. He says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his, ch- his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For His Spirit joins with our Spirit to affirm that we are God's children. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to work in your heart and in your life so that you can have a confidence inside of you that God is your Father and that you are accepted by Him as His child. The primary thing the Holy Spirit wants to do before anything else is to make sure you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves you and that you are precious to Him. Now in Romans 5 verse 5, Paul writes, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. who has been given to us. Now the Holy Spirit is here right now Wanting to literally pour out the love of God into your heart and into my heart. And you know, there is power in God's love. There is power in God's love to transform and to heal and to restore. I came across a story a little while ago. Um, of a man called Robert Cornwall. I don't know if some of you might have heard of Robert Cornwall, some of you might know the story, but he he was a man a lot of years ago who who led a church in Oregon in America. And he decided that he wanted to give an hour a week to help with something in the community, some kind of way that he could engage outside of the church walls. And in the end he decided he was going to go to the local hospital. And so he approached the (laughs) hospital and, and he went in and he said, is there anything that I can do to help? And the hospital warden said, well... There isn't really a lot that you can uh, do to help, to be honest. So, well, oh, there's one thing. Come and follow me. And so he led Robert Cornwall down the corridors right and left through the hospital. And until they came to this one ward that was simply called room 37. And the, the door of the ward was, had a number of locks on it. And the warden started to undo the locks. And he said to, to Robert, you just go in there and spend time with these people for an hour. And so Robert went in. And the lock started to be done up behind him. And in the room were 37 psychotic people who were high on drugs. People in a a day in a time when the hospital just didn't know how to help people. Didn't know what to do. And so, so basically all they would do is just heavily sedate them. And lock them in a room and hope that they wouldn't hurt themselves. There was excrement smeared on the walls. There were puddles of urine on the floor. And Robert realized that the people were so high on drugs that he wasn't even able to engage them in conversation. And so so he, he said, God, what do I do? And he felt led by the Holy Spirit to just sing over them. And so he started singing. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. so at his watch? 59 minutes and 30 seconds to go. And so he just sang it again and again and again until the hour had passed and the locks were undone and he went home, wondering what on earth was that all about? But he made a promise that he'd give an hour a week and so a week came by and he went back to the hospital and he went to the ward and said, is there anything I can do to help? And the warden takes him back to the same room, unlocks it, sends him in, says, I'll be back in an hour. He feels, God say, just sing over them. So he started singing again. Week three came, and and this is a true story. He was went back into the room. He started to sing, and as he was singing, a lady stands up, and he is as she starts walking towards him, and he's terrified because this lady's high on drugs, and and he is locked in the room with no button to press for help. She walks over to him though, and she sits down, and she just starts to join in. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. And week by week, more and more people started to join in. And just to sing that simple refrain. And at the end of six months, 36 of the 37 people were moved out of that ward and onto self-help wards. And at the end of 12 months, all 37 of them were released from hospital. And many of them came to be a part of Robert's local church. No teaching, just the transforming power of the Holy Spirit making the love of God known in the hearts of people. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit is God with us first. And foremost, working to help us know something more of who God is, and something more of how God sees us, and then following that, beginning this amazing transformation process within us to make us become more and more like Jesus ourselves. And nearly three years ago now, the uh, the family and I got a dog. Here is Evie. Um, she's our, our little one, and um, she's a big softie, and very cute, and very crazy, um, but we, we love her lots. Now, someone has told me in the past uh, that when dogs and their owners spend a lot of time together, they start to look like each other. You'll have to <laughs> let me know afterwards if you, if you think that's, that's true. Um, but an advert was created on that basis uh, by Caesar, who do dog food, and they put this together. Now, I am convinced that these are not real dogs and their owners. I am convinced that this has been you know, put together especially for the advert. But, uh, but here's this whole idea that, that dogs and their owners um, start to look like each other when they spend time together. I think the whole thing's a myth. But do you know what isn't? What isn't a myth is that when we spend time with the Holy Spirit, we start to look like Jesus. And he works within us to change us and to transform us to become more and more like him. And this is important because the more we come to know Jesus and to accept him as king, uh, in that moment we're not only forgiven, we not only have the joy of relationship with God and this hope of an eternity with him, but actually he has a purpose for us in the here and now. Actually Jesus promises to send the Holy Spirit to be God with us, empowering us and enabling us to share something of who Jesus is with other people. And Jesus says in Acts 1 verse 8, he says, but you will receive power, oh, we've not got it there, there we go, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is saying when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive God with us, at work in us to transform us, to become more and more like Jesus, so that we will be his witnesses, his representatives, so that we will put Jesus on display in all the earth. So that when people see us, they see something of who Jesus is. And I don't know about you, but that's a a big ask, that's a big purpose that God has for us, isn't it? You know, and the idea that that I am to represent Jesus, the idea that that when people see me, they see something of who Jesus is, I know I can't do that on my own. I know I need an awful lot of help. I know that I need the power of the Holy Spirit at work in me. And so the Holy Spirit, part of his work, as well as wanting to reveal to us who God is and and how he sees us, as well as wanting to comfort and guide and strengthen us, part of his work is to shape our character and to transform us from the inside out to become more and more like Jesus. Paul talks about this when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And how, how the, when the Holy Spirit is, when we walk with the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is with us, we grow in the fruit of the Spirit. We grow in love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And so it might be that, that you don't think of yourself as a particularly patient person. That's something that you've struggled with for a lot of years. I know it, I'm better these days, but in the past I know I was someone who was easily angered and didn't have a lot of patience. I could snap quickly. And it might be that that's something that you've just grown to accept, Say, well, it's just me. It's never going to change. But you know, the more time that you spend with the Holy Spirit, the more you will see patience grow. It might be that you you battle with things, with with temptation, and there's areas in your life where you just feel like you always give in and you can't hold out. And and it's something that you've been struggling with for for years in a cycle and you just thought, well, this is just me, I've just got to live with it. But you know, the more time that you spend with the Holy Spirit, the more he will grow self-control in you. The Holy Spirit is God with us, working to transform us from the inside out to become more and more like Jesus. And this isn't just about our character. You know, when we look at the example of Jesus, we... We see how he moved in God's power, how he moved in signs and wonders, how we saw people healed. And Jesus did all of that not from a place of of, of the fact that he was was fully God. He did all that place from the fact that he was fully human, reliant on the power of the Holy Spirit, working in him and through him. The same Holy Spirit that Jesus promises that he has given to us. And so as we... As we think about receiving the Holy Spirit and and the Holy Spirit wanting to work to enable us to be Jesus' witnesses, to represent Jesus, to put Jesus on display, part of what he wants to do is to give us gifts. To give us what Paul talks about as the gifts of the Spirit. You know, gifts like healing and prophecy, gifts like uh, the gift of tongues, gifts like administration and hospitality, you know, the amazing gifts that he wants to give in order to, to enable us to put Jesus on display. That's what it's all about. It's not about weird and wacky things. It's not about being kind of crazy. It's just about making Jesus known. Jesus operated in the power of the Holy Spirit and he wants the same for you and me. That we would become more and more like him. That knowing God with us, having the love of our Heavenly Father poured into our hearts, knowing that he is with us at every moment to help and to guide and to comfort us, and then experiencing His power at work to transform us from the inside out and enable and equip us to put Him on display. Now if you are longing for a deeper experience of the love of God, to be set free from insecurities and and doubts and fears, because you know what you're of great value and nothing can shake that because you're a precious child, from the Holy Spirit. If you're feeling overwhelmed in life and like you're just not sure how you're going to cope and how you can keep doing all these different things and you've been trying to do it all in your own strength and it isn't working and you need help, it comes from the Holy Spirit. If there's areas of your character, things that you've battled with and struggled with that you'd love to change but you've just grown to live with and you're not sure they ever will, do you know what? That change can come with the Holy Spirit. If you have people in your life that, that you long to see healed, if you would love just to see, see the signs and wonders that, that, that we read about in Scripture, it's uh, putting Jesus on display here in Bodmin Chia. It comes with the Holy Spirit. And again and again, as you read through the Bible, you'll find people talking about being filled with the Spirit. In Ephesians 5 verse 18, Paul uses this language and he talks about how we're to be continuously, ongoingly filled with the Spirit. And we see this in the examples of the lives of of, of the disciples. You think about Peter. You know, Peter is is filled with the Spirit at at the day of Pentecost. But there's at least three other occasions through the book of Acts when we read about him being filled with the Spirit again. And and so this filling with the Spirit is a promise from Jesus that when we come to him, we immediately receive the Holy Spirit. But there is also this really clear direction that it's something that's to be ongoing. To be filled with the Spirit again and again. For us to keep coming back. Keep coming to the Spirit and saying, come. I need you. And so that's what I want us to be able to to do this afternoon while we're together. You know, the Holy Spirit is already here. He's already with you. If you've given your life to Jesus, he's already in you. God never leaves us. But you know, one of the ways in the images which I find really helpful for this is that the Holy Spirit is sometimes talked about as like a rushing wind. And when we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not about the Holy Spirit being absent and then coming. It's about us putting our sails up that, we would be, that the wind would be able to fill us it's not a change in him it's a change in us as we just posture ourselves to say I'm here I'm waiting I need you come and fill my so that I'm not trying to move and get across the sea in my own strength and power but I'm, I've got your power guiding me, enabling me helping me, strengthening me equipping me, changing me and if this isn't something that that you've done before, it might all seem a little bit strange but you know there is nothing to be nervous of God, God only wants to give us good things and the greatest gift that he can ever give you is the Holy Spirit because that's him giving you himself that's all it means saying God I want you here with me, in me so I'd love for us just to create space for that for us to be able to put up our sail and say Holy Spirit come and and fill us today. And so I'm going to pray, and all I'd encourage you to do is just your way, if you want to respond to that, because I don't want this just to be something you feel forced into, but if you want to respond to that, it's your way of saying, I'm putting up my sail. Just put your hands out in front of you and open them up. Say, Holy Spirit, I'm open to you. My sail is up. Come and fill me. Spirit, we are here we are open we are longing for you I that you would come now and you would fill me afresh and you would fill each and every person here I pray that you would work as you love to to make yourself known to, to help us to see more of who you are and more of how you see us. I pray, Lord, that you would pour the love of God into the hearts of every single one of us. That each person here would know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, how much you love them and how precious they are to you.